Hello and welcome to my podcast, Infecting Truth. This is your host, Ashley, aka Ash Kitten. Um, if you are familiar with my other podcast, which is Breadcrumbs, I spread love, light, and positivity. Um, on that podcast, I don't get into the whole conspiracy factor because I feel like there's two different type of people that I want to reach. One who's seeking truth and one who can spread love, light, positivity, um, to the world and make the world a better place. Um, but those people aren't quite ready for the, um, the shattering of their world as they know it and the, the belief system and the lies that have been the foundation of what we believe. So this, uh, is my podcast mainly for uh, infecting truths to those who are seeking and looking for answers because um, if you are a conspiracy theorist you'll find that it's very hard to talk to people about conspiracies most people are not open to the idea and they just slough them off as crazy ideas um, even if you do hundreds of hours worth of research and put it right in front of their face a lot of times they're just like you know, I'd rather live in my bubble, thanks. And um, there's so many things going on with this world that I've never understood. And finally, I feel like I've gotten a lot of answers that I've had growing up and throughout my life. So I want to share those with people who are looking for answers and may not have to do all the research. Although, one thing that I definitely recommend is always research anything you believe. Um, I have theories and then I have beliefs. And my beliefs are founded on the fact that I've proven them to myself. Um, in order to prove it to myself and for me to believe it, it needs to be concrete. Um, I need to have corroborations. I need to have factual proof. I need to have evidence in writing. I need, I need a lot of things to build up a case for me to believe it. I do not um, subscribe to all conspiracies. And uh, yes, you know, the average conspiracist is like, oh, the government's against us and da da da. But there are a lot of conspiracies that are not based on factual truth and just like this great idea of, you know, what if, blah, blah, blah. And I don't go on what if, I go on what is. So I research everything and anything that I tell you that I believe. I've researched anything that I tell you that is a theory of mine is something that makes sense. The puzzle pieces are there. Uh, they look like they fit and it's something that I have up in the air and I'm bouncing around until I find enough research. It's not a belief. Uh, one of those things is the Garden of Eden. Um, oh, and before I go into that, I want to make sure that every single person who listens to this before you keep listening knows that I'm a Christian, I believe in God, I believe in uh, Jesus as the Son of God, I believe that he was born on this earth from Virgin Mary, that he died a sacrifice for everyone's sins, those who accept the gift have salvation and eternal life, and that he resurrected the third day and he's coming again. Those are the things that I believe without a shadow of a doubt and uh, nothing can change my mind or alter that. If you're a conspiracy theorist that doesn't believe that, I may go looking elsewhere for your answers, but that is um, something that I believe strongly and um, have done enough research to believe it. So if you're in line with that and you're in tune with that, 
and that you um, are even open to the idea of that, then continue listening to my podcast um, because it goes into um, kind of a lot more things that growing up I was um, raised Southern Baptist, so I didn't really have... um, a lot of the pieces to the puzzle. I had more questions than I had answers. I had all the Bible stories, but no um, connections to the stories. And to me, they, it has to make sense or I don't believe it. That's just that's just the way it is. So that being said, um, I will tell you guys that I um, first came upon the um, Illuminati contract, if you will, that's what I'm going to call it, but um, that is kind of what opened my eyes. That was my blue pill, and um, I'm going to read it to you guys and kind of go into a little bit more detail on that, and because that's what opened my eyes to the truth, and then I'm going to go on to um, the Book of Enoch and how it puts the pieces together for um, what I believe, and then of course, the theories I have. Um, I was explaining the Garden of Eden. One of my theories that's up in the air that I don't have factual basis for, uh, just kind of a, a collection of ideas and thoughts on, and it makes sense and puzzle pieces fit. Um, but again, I don't firmly believe it because I don't have any factual basis yet for it. I'm still searching scripture and, and books to uh, corroborate that and looking for factual proof. Um, but in my my honest opinion, God does everything with purpose and um, every, he's the same God now as he was then and that's um, in the Bible and in the Garden of Eden. Um, I believe that there was more to the Garden of Eden than is said in the Bible and um, it never anywhere does it kind of really um, corroborate what I'm saying. So this is just kind of an up in the air theory, but um, I believe it, it needs some some sifting through and, and to be talked about because someone may have the key to the answer and someone may have the answer to prove me wrong, which is great because I like being proven wrong because that means you're bringing proof to the table and I, and I like proof. So that's that's you know basically what i go off of is proof not what i believe i mean not what i think or could possibly be but proof substantial hard evidence evidence so my idea theory for the garden of eden is that um the act that took place to um to be the great sin which was that caused the fall of man wasn't actually eating of a forbidden fruit. And it says forbidden fruit, um, but it doesn't describe what fruit in the Bible. And I honestly think that it's kind of a euphemism. The forbidden fruit uh, women are are very um, uh, compared to the germination of, you know, fruit and uh, flowers and things like that, even in the Bible. And I think that it was talking about sex without having the actual um term the actual terminology being used as sex because uh it would have kind of 
it, I feel like it would have um, distorted the message a lot more. It, so I believe that the forbidden sin and the forbidden fruit was sex. But I think that what had happened was um, when Eve was in the garden and Adam was off naming animals and things, um, that Eve found herself with the snake. Um, and we can take that figuratively, we can take that literally. I take it as he was a snake-like being with legs. Um, it said that when he was, when the snake was cursed, it was cursed to roam on its belly and its limbs were severed from it. Um, meaning that it had limbs and I also think that it had a way for reproduction and I think one of the um, intentions of Satan incarnating this being was to impregnate um, Eve and this incorrupt the seed of man for the purpose of uh, corrupting the seed so that way uh, God's plan couldn't be fulfilled through um, or at least would be corrupted uh, through the the bad seed of evil that is being implanted into the human genetics. Um, so I believe that Eve copulated with or had intercourse with uh, Satan and that he convinced her that that was like that um, having that climax was like everything and that's what you know was juicy and and that's what was what he, would bring her enlightenment is this feeling she's never felt before um adam and eve did not have children in the garden of eden and i believe at that time they they were not procreating i don't even believe any of the animals were procreating i think there was two of every kind and it was that way um for a purpose it god wasn't he was still walking with Adam and teaching him. And I feel like he wasn't done. He wasn't ready for a new generation to be born. So it was within his control. And he, he had this, you know, uh, time of teaching. He wanted to teach Adam. Adam was the first. He wanted to impart all of this knowledge on him. Um, and to God, Adam was perfect in the Garden of Eden. Uh, who's sinless, blameless, and also perfect body, perfect um, of the mind, perfect in spirit. So he was able to walk with him because sin was not introduced. And since God can't be in the same place as sin, um, it, and he was sinless, he was able to physically walk with him. He wasn't just walking and talking to the sky. God was walking with him on a physical basis, coming down to the garden and physically talking to him and imparting knowledge on him and having a relationship with him. And um, so while Adam was off, you know, doing his thing, naming the animals, Eve found herself alone with a Lucifer and, or Satan. And um, he convinced her that procreation, procreating having intercourse was you know take from this forbidden fruit you shall not die 
you'll be like the gods or you'll be like God. He sold her, you know, this fantasy in her head. And um, so she fell into it and did it. And then uh, she copulated with Adam and who if Adam couldn't resist Eve I mean I feel like he would have been able he would have been strong enough to resist eating a fruit right like uh God told us not to eat that that grape those grapes because if if it were a fruit if anything it was uh, grapes of some kind or something like grapes but um this just makes more sense to me as far as a theory um so I think she presented herself uh, in a stimulating fashion. Things change when you are sexually aware. And she uh, wanted to show him, you know, what she had just been taught. And God wasn't happy with that because it wasn't under his, it wasn't under his uh, teachings. It wasn't under what he had uh, wanted them to do. It was against his will and um and they copulated i guess and so she was uh filled with the seed of satan and of man adam and i believe that uh when she had cain and abel the they're, they're twins um that they were uh i think it's called chimera or, um, but basically it's a, a genetic anom anomaly where a set of twins can have two separate fathers. It's very rare, but it has happened. Genetically has happened. So we know that it's possible. And I believe that, um, Cain was the product of her sin with, um, Lucifer, Satan, and Abel was the product of perfect man and woman. Of conceiving a child um which was god's plan uh the whole thing was god's plan he knew what was going to happen beginning to end but he and he knew free will was going to happen he gave us free will he gave adam free will and eve free will and he knew what was going to happen because of free will and that's why he made a he provide he made a provision for the fall of man so let's get back to that uh when he came to the garden and said, you know, where are you? They hid from him because they knew that sin and God could not be in the same place. That, uh, that, that was a understanding of, you know, sin brings death and would bring judgment and they were judged. But the first thing that they did was hid their parts for procreation. They were ashamed. Of their bodies in that way and those are the um parts of the body that had defiled god so um not that they didn't cover their mouths from eating fruit they covered their their body parts the parts that were exposed their nakedness so that tells me that they were ashamed of something that those parts had done um, the basis of all sin, um, for, for most sin, is uh, on a sexual basis, so or is rooted in sex. Um, so that being said, 
the punishment fit the crime if that were the case. He, um, he punished Eve with not being able to um, bear a child without pain. So she, the pain of labor was her punishment, which goes along with the fact that, that the punishment fit the crime. And, um, and they were removed from this perfect paradise of, um, that they were in, that they didn't have to work the ground. The, the rivers and the streams supplied the water and the sun supplied the, the, um, the nutrients that these plants needed to survive the ones that they ate off of. And, and I believe when God, or I don't believe, but I theorize when God told them they could eat from any tree, it basically meant that you could do anything here. Um, because there, there was no real like sin, you know, you could do anything, but this one thing, the forbidden thing that I tell you not to do. And, um, I think that maybe it might have been misconstrued to be actually eating a fruit or maybe even the fruit was a part of this uh, sedation or this uh, sedu seduction process. But I believe their parts had defiled them in that way. They had defiled God in that way. Um, or I theorize again. I, oh, I don't have any factual basis, but it just makes sense. And it makes more sense why Cain would have had this resentment toward his brother and a resentment of God because he was not born of um, a pure seed. He was part, um, you know, an angelic being or whatever. And, and his seed continued on with that hatred of God and uh, the evil was implanted into the earth. And this brings me to the um, verse in the Bible or the parable in the Bible about the wheat and the tares. It said there was a farmer and he had planted uh, wheat in the field and it was good and he, he was you know, very proud of it. And an enemy came in the night and had planted and had uh, uh, sowed tares into the ground. And the servants came to the master and said, uh, well, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to tear up the tears? And he said, no, because that would, uh, even pulling one of my wheat up, even destroying just one, like that's how valuable each grain of wheat was to him, each piece in his field, in his crop, that he didn't want to even destroy one in take, trying to take out the tears and just, you know, go and weed the whole place. Um, and it is known that the tares and the wheat cannot be uh, deciphered what what is what unless it's at full maturity so he said wait until the harvest and then gather up the tares bind them wrap them and then burn them so um i believe that the tares are the seed that was uh, the seed of evil and put into the genetics of man and the uh, wheat is God's perfect, you know, the ones that he, um, he are his. And he, those will be gathered up in the parable. They were gathered up and brought into his barn, which is his place, his safe place, which I believe to be heaven. So um, 
it all kind of makes sense. All the pieces of the puzzle are there and I don't find any real discrepancies. Um, then, you know, again, that's just an idea and a theory. And that is something that, you know, is really just bouncing around in my head. If God were to tell me, Ashley is completely false or find any, uh, something that really contradicts that, of course, I will go with the proof over that idea. It's not that I'm stuck on an idea. Um, I'm a truth chaser and I infect truth, only truth. So I just wanted to put that out there uh, to get your, you know, motors going. Don't believe it, but keep it in mind that that's a possibility of the beginning of the seed being corrupted and why it was such a big deal that um, man had sinned against God in such a, a uh, horrible way. Um, I think that uh, the, the explanation kind of really, for me, really explains a lot of reasons of why people do what they do and why there is a lot of corrupted um, people who just really hate God and not just, you know, from, from birth, like just have never really had a liking towards God or the authority of God um, because their seed had was corrupted and they don't have that love for him because they weren't built to love him. They, they were built from, or they, their seed came from someone who didn't love God. So, um, just as something for y'all to think about and, you know, kind of ponder and marinate in, um, but I spent like 21 minutes talking about that and that's not even what my original thing was to, um, talk about. All right, so I will be reading excerpts from the, um, it's actually called The Secret Covenant of the Illuminati. And uh, I found this quite a few years back before it was even popular to even say the word Illuminati. Like no one even knew what it was. Now it's like, oh, Beyonce's in the Illuminati and all this stuff. But I feel like there's a bigger picture here. And um, whether they are called the Illuminati or whether they are called something different, there is an occult elite a shadow government at play at trying to uh, gain dominion over the earth. And um, these beings are not immortal. Um, I once thought that they were, but um, having done more research, I believe that they are trying to gain that mortality, immortality back. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe some of the Watchers decided not to procreate with humans, and they are... Um, they are still walking the earth as immortal beings um, without uh, having defiled and made abominations, having children themselves, they would have still been able to uh, continue the quest for dominating the world. Um, but that's, again, a theory. But I do know that the secret, the secret elite, the occult elite exists, um, I've found it quite, um, I don't, the, the stories of survivors of the Illuminati all line up and they say the same exact thing um, from story to story and the same things, the same people that they've come in contact with, the same people who are involved, 
it, these stories corroborate so much lined side by side without any intention of no like they don't know one another some of these people are generations after the other um and they're still ex saying that you know these things are existing we need to open our eyes and a lot of people are just like oh that's just some crazy person but if to me if the same thing is being said over and over by um different people there has to be some truth in it um I like to always examine uh, the event, not the perspective, because uh, let's say something happens, like we talk about like a schoolyard, a fight happens in the schoolyard. The fight was the event that happened. And the two kids, they one comes up to the other and punches the other in the face, and then the other one pushes the other and knocks him down to the ground, and then the one who got knocked down to the ground gets up and knocks the other one back down to the ground, and then uh, teachers come, break it up, it's over. Okay, so that's the event. A fight happened on school grounds during recess. Okay. All the people who witnessed that event are going to have a different perspective of that event. The people on the side or friends with the person who uh, got punched first is going to immediately take the side of that person and the person who are friends with or personally know the person who um, did the punching first is going to take the side of that person. So you have two different sides now of the story. Then you have people who don't know either person and they just give an account of what they see, but what they only what they hear and they're taking in, um, you know, visual cues and what what they interpret and it can still be interpreted many different ways. So we're talking maybe like 40 people witness this event. You're having 40 actual different accounts of the same event. Some people are going to say the kid who got punched first is the person who won the fight or that he was in the right. And then the other group is going to, and the other opposite opposing side is going to say that the person who was on the other side is the one who's right and the one who won the fight. Or um, you've got people who are going to say it's a draw. You've got people who are going to say that one was being a bully. You're going to have people who are saying that the person who punched first had every right to because the person who um, got punched first did something that was deplorable in needed to be punched in the face. Do you have all of these accounts? But it boils down to that event happened because 40 people are talking about it. Okay, you take this on a larger scale. Thousands and thousands of religions, thousands and thousands of, of doctrine are talking about these events. Okay, they may see them from different perspectives, but these events happened. So what I, I do is I research what the truth is, what this side says, what that side says. I look at all the perspectives and I come to my own conclusion based on fact. Um, the event is more important to me than the perspective. So the fact is the fight happened. That is something that is true, okay? So the creation happened. Um, Jesus dying on the cross happened. The um, the many like the Noah's Ark happened. The flood happened. These things happened. There's different 
uh, stories of how, different accounts of why, but it happened. It's an event that physically happened. Now I'm getting to the truth as to why. I'm getting to the truth as to connecting the dots and to seeing the real truth. And since I believe in uh, God and um, that he is an all-perfect being and that he created us, um, I, th I think the biggest the biggest thing for me is that he created us with free will when he had the power to to make us bow down and worship him and yet lucifer and the enemy all the enemies that are on his side um and and the side of evil choose to use deceit to get us to worship false things when god says you can choose me or you don't have to choose me but satan uses his power to make people worship him and deceive people into worshiping him worshiping him as god never deceives and he never uses his power to force worship that's the difference for me because some people can can take the perspective of oh well you never look at it from lucifer's side he was thrown from heaven and poor guy he just wanted to be you know um, powerful and maybe he was misunderstood and these things but honestly the way that creation has played out uh, he's the evil one and I can't trust anything that comes from this side of evil whereas God has always been perfect in all of his ways and I trust that I trust that spirit um, over anything else that goes against that um, again raised baptist but didn't really have a relationship with god until i had a god experience and i physically had my proverbial burning bush experience if you will so getting to the um the illuminati the secret covenant of the illuminati the first thing that it um, says is an illusion it will be so large so vast it will escape their perception and it's talking about the uh, illusion that uh, that no one they're not in control like that they're controlling everything a secret hand if you will that is moving without a, a, a sleight of hand like a magician and we're not seeing that we're seeing all the beautiful and wonderful things that are coming from this place you know we're seeing the magic show we're not seeing the sleight of hand and the deception behind it um, that's just the first sentence of the covenant. The second one is, uh, those who will see it will be thought of as insane. Well, as a conspiracy theorist, we can level with that, right? Anybody who takes that blue pill and starts to see things for what they are, everyone's like, oh, no, that's way too out there. But uh, the things that are happening are out there. And, you know, when we hear crazy events and they end up in the news, you know, they're broadcast all over because of how extraordinarily out there they are, yet they're happening. They're really happening. And we have the reasons why. We found the truth, but no one wants to listen to that truth. They just want to hear that crazy story and think it's an isolated event and go on with their lives and, you know, go to their nine to fives and be perfectly fine living their daily life. Um, I think that's why many of us conspiracy theorists like to refer to them as sheep. You know because they're just going with the flow um it i don't blame those people they um they haven't really gotten to this place where they're willing to accept that everything and you got to think about this you have to accept 
like we have, we've gone through this period of accepting that everything we've ever been told is a lie and things are being told now is a lie and we have to search the truth for ourselves. And some people, they don't have the mind to conceive that. They're babies. Just think of them as babies, not as sheep. Don't think of them as sheep. I don't like to think of people like that as sheep. They're babies. And they have to be slowly introduced um, to the truth. And we have an insight beyond what they do and we are the teachers we're supposed to teach them not just slough them off and say oh stupid people because they're important because god sent his son to die on the cross for them just like he did for us so uh the next thing that it says is we will create separate fronts to prevent them from seeing the connection between us they exist in so many different levels of society but they're all connected. There's a, a link tying them all together, yet they run on different uh, hierarchies and, uh, and one is not connected to the other in a social standpoint. We don't typically think that, you know, Freemasonry is on the same level as witchcraft or Buddhism or even the Catholic Church has been infiltrated. The Christian Church, every piece of every piece of organized religion has been infiltrated by this uh, group of people. So don't think that that anybody as uh, any group or religion has not been. It, they they have infiltrated the church because they want to they planted the seed in in the field basically the the seed of evil is everywhere it's why you see things on the news the priests are abusing child sexually abusing children and pastors not just priests not i'm not just i'm not attacking the catholic faith um i'm saying that the enemy has found a way in to marry into the uh the, the faith so that way they can start selling lies little by little into uh into those different groups of people but also they or they have their own organizations and their own things that are interconnected on a grand scale where they have one ultimate goal but each group operates on its own hierarchy so that alone you know is very scary because one group get, gets taken down it doesn't matter another group will be um, raised up in its place to take its place and no one's the wiser that the whole entire earth the whole world is being controlled by one goal um like if the catholic church were to get taken down this uh new world order would still come into being the catholic church is too powerful to be taken down as we speak but i'm just saying if one group were to be taken down um, and again i'm not attacking a certain faith um, even, you know, the closest that I relate to any organized religion is Pentecostal, though I'm non-denominational, the doctrine speaks true to me. So I, I feel like I level with that doctrine the most because of the spiritual gifts and because of the, uh, the, the way the doctrine is, lines up with the scripture the most for me. Um, but the Pentecostal church has been infiltrated, so I'm not attacking Catholicism because I know that a lot of people think that when we say that you know the catholic church is you know a big part of this it's all churches but the catholic church has the most power so it, it really has uh, impact on the rest of the world i'm not saying that if you're catholic 
that you are in the Illuminati. That's not what I'm saying. But your church has been infiltrated and you are being sold lies from different places within the church. Not everyone, but some. Uh, think of them as spies, okay? Think of them as spies in inside of your um, faith, if you will, that speak and say they believe the same things, um, but don't. They have an ulterior alter ulterior motive and ultimate agenda and they will look like they are loyal to the cause that you are but really their loyalty lies um, on the side of evil uh, so the next thing that uh, we see in the contract or I call it contract is covenant covenant is a very strong word because God uses covenants with people um, and he loves covenants. I have covenants with him. And he has many covenants in the Bible. Um, so it says, uh, we will behave as if we are not connected to keep the illusion alive. Our goal will be accomplished one drop at a time so as to never bring suspicion upon ourselves. This will also prevent them from seeing the changes as they occur. You think about it one drop at a time. You'll never notice that the glass is getting full until it's already full. And that's what they're doing. They're waiting until it's full to come out. They're not going to uh, out themselves before because they are a minority. In my uh, belief or theorize that they are about 1% of the population or at least um, that many people are um, a part of their, their goal, even if they aren't bloodline directly they are still sympathetic to that goal um yeah my opinion is one percent of the population so if you think about it if they came out now and said well, this is our plan to dominate the world the other 99 percent would be like well good luck with that shoot you all dead big giant war you lose because you're less than us duh okay so their goal is to first gain the control with power, money, influence, um, which they've been doing for thousands of years and um, and have been very successful at. And you've got to understand we're saying that um, they behave as they're not connected to keep the illusion alive. You've got one family out of these, you know, out of the the 1% of the, the population, just, we just talk about one drop of that, one family their entire generation after generation after generation, just that family's goal is to own the banks or a certain bank. Let's say like, you know, Bank of America, we're just throwing that out there. I'm not saying, you know, anything specific with that, but just say that's their goal. So they, they, that family is primed just for that goal. But when you add all the goals together, this uh, over here is in the sex slave trade industry and this one over here is doing this they're all working together for the ultimate goal but their their purpose in their family in their specific one you know tiny drop is just a single goal for their generations and since they're born in uh it's they keep their family uh bloodline closed they have arranged marriages and they don't deviate um, that's where the arranged marriage came from because they did not want blood um, to be um, diluted. They want to keep the bloodline strong. Uh, the Illuminati has 12 bloodlines that we know of. And if you want to read about that, you can look up the 12 
uh, tribes or 12 bloodlines of the Illuminati. But on to the next thing um, is it says, we will always stand above the relative field of their experience for we know the secrets of the absolute. So we do have an ultimate technology and we are advancing in technology, but they're always ahead. And it's funny because even non-conspiracy theorists know that the government is 50, at least 50 years ahead of us in technology. They have things that we as the masses don't have. We have smartphones right now and VR and stuff. They had that 50 years ago. And uh, it's only introduced to us long after the fact that they've had it and they're on to new and bigger, better things. So their knowledge is always going to be higher than ours. And their, uh, their secrets are absolute because there's hidden knowledge, spiritual knowledge that they don't share with the masses. And uh, this goes along with there being physical law and spiritual law that I think is very important because as I said, physical law is, relates to um, you know astrophysics and um, mathematics, things that we, what goes up must come down, gravity. And spiritual law is uh, anything that happens in the spiritual realm, um, you know, as on earth as it is in heaven those types of things. I already went into that, so I, I just wanted to reiterate, you know, that specific standpoint. But they know the spiritual law. Uh, they know the spiritual realms. They know things beyond our, our understanding. And they keep it a secret because if we knew about it, they're the, they're the minority. We would take over if we had that knowledge. Um, it says, we will work together always and will remain bound by blood and secrecy. Death will come to those, or death will come to he who speaks. Um, that speaks for itself. They are bound by blood because of their bloodline. They don't deviate from that, but secrecy especially. And uh, they are afraid to uh, leak out any information for fear of death because um, it is an intimidation tactic that they use, but not just death, exile, um, and and there's many other you know things that I'll get into way later about MK Ultra and things like that, the ways to control the mind and um, mind control, things like that. Um, but just on this very basic level, this is how the mafia runs. <laughs> I mean, and it it's pretty efficient if you think about it, like the. There's a top boss and he has his people doing bidding for him. Someone witnesses a murder, literally just a everyday person witnesses a murder by the mafia. They're less likely to speak about it because they know the implications is not only are they gonna die, but their family is gonna die and anything that they've ever loved is gonna get killed. This is an intimidation because we're, we're mortal, we're humans. And we don't wanna die. Um, we will keep their lifespan short and their minds weak while pretending to do the opposite. Um, it's basically like all these things that are coming out, drugs and all these things that people are addicted to and it's causing shorter lifespans, um, all these chemicals being introduced, all these, all these things that we are doing as yeah, our government is doing and we are doing and, and buying into is making our lifespan shorter yet they're always saying like new technology is going to help us live forever and there's a lot more i can expand on that but i only have 17 more minutes left and i want to get through this um and so 
then it says um, we will use our knowledge of science and technology in subtle ways so they will never see what is happening oh man just like they know all the, they have the knowledge and they're using the technology against us and introducing us to this technology and saying oh look what we made they already know what it can do and it's subtle it's not like information is being gathered on us you know as a conspiracy theorist i uh, truly believe that we are being watched those of us who are in the know are being watched and being uh kind of studied as to you know where our weaknesses are what will stop us um right now we're not so much a threat because we're being called crazy but as time progresses things are going to make more sense that we are saying and they're studying us now to find out how to end us now to get rid of us um to me that's you know that that just says a lot um number nine we will use soft metals, aging accelerators, and sedatives in food and water, also in the air. Uh, it's being done. I mean, uh, age accelerators, aging accelerators, people are using anti-aging creams and things that, oh, it's making my skin look beautiful. Botox, putting poison into your skin to make yourself look younger. I mean, these are, this is literally translating to everything that's going on yet the purpose most people don't understand and what's behind it people don't understand but it's very evident that this is what's going on um they will be blanketed by poisons everywhere they turn uh preservatives in our food and uh this is why we have an abundance of disease and cancer and things because of what we're being fed um even our our cosmetics everything is being poisoned for the breakdown of our biological makeup. Um, the next is the soft metals will cause them to lose their minds. We will promise to find a cure for, from our many fronts, yet we will feed them more poison. There's all these organizations that are there to find the cure for cancer, yet it hasn't been found. We have so much technology, yet we haven't found the cure for cancer, yet more different cancers and different diseases are being more, uh, are coming out and more abundantly and we don't have the answers yet. We're putting all of this money into research and uh, more of it is destroying us. So the next thing is the poisons will be absorbed through their skin and mouths. They will destroy their minds and reproductive systems. Um, uh, talking about the soft metals, uh, one is aluminum that we have found that is a poison that we are, and, and mercury, um, a chemical that is actually destroying the mind and uh, reproductive systems. Uh, that's in the next one, the, that they will destroy their minds and reproductive systems. That's exactly what mercury does. And it's being, uh, if you look into like the slaying of dolphins and being sold as whale meat, um, people are, it's illegal to sell dolphin meat, but it's not illegal to sell whale meat. So they sell dolphin meat as whale meat. And people are uh, dying from this and getting terrible diseases. Um, babies are uh, being um, killed in the womb because of it and so on and so forth. More in other countries, but uh, starting to be in the United States. And um, you have to remember that the origin of humanity started in the Middle East, at least uh, anti-Diluvian or after, after the flood. It was, you know, in the Middle East. So that you know is where most of it is prominent um 
then it says, from all this, their children will be born dead and we will conceal this information. Children are being born dead all the time and we never have gotten to the real factor why. Um, and mercury, for if you research this, uh, the high contents of mercury is causing um, premature deaths uh, in, in womb and, and uh, stillborns and also causing severe defects of children being born blind, deaf, um, crazy because the mercury destroys the mind. Um, and aluminum as well, uh, it's a huge cause for Alzheimer's. So these are things that are apparent and that, that we can relate to and that are that parallel our existence. To, I'm not reading these things, sounds like crazy. These are like truths. Um, it says, the poisons will be hidden in everything that surrounds them and what they drink, eat, breathe, and wear. Even what we wear um, is made with, you know, has things put into it that, um, and, I, and I also think that it has symbolically there, it's talking about like the slave trade, children who are being enslaved to make garments that we wear, and also uh, symbols are being put on the garments to be projected um, from, you know, projecting this, the symbolism of the Illuminati. And many people just don't know that it's there and it's poisonous to the mind. Um, it, it, it is um, causing people to um, be more tolerant to these ideas and practices and these symbols. And it's uh, desensitizing, that's the word I'm looking for, desensitizing people to these things that are the symbols of the Illuminati, the pyramid and things like that, the all-seeing eye, the eye of Horus is everywhere. How is it so fashionable? Um, after all these years, is continuing to, to be, and and these are the ancient practices practices of the Illuminati, uh, that you see symbols. So I just think that that's interesting. Um, I want to get through this. I'm sorry. So the next one is um, we must be ingenious in dispensing the poisons, for they can see far. They're, they're being, being very deceptive, but then they're also like trying, you know, their best to make sure they're not caught. Um, we will teach them that the poisons are good with fun images and musical tones. Cigarettes was introduced as something that was cool and inviting, and we find out later that it's cancerous and that many people have died from it. Why was it introduced? It wasn't introduced in the same way that... Um, tobacco was smoked by itself it was introduced with toxic carcinogens being put into cigarettes and, and many other things that's just an example um even johnson's and johnson's baby shampoo had carcinogens in it and i thought that was the safest thing you could put on a baby's head and it was recalled because people found that there were carcinogens in baby shampoo like no more tears what happened to that like I thought that it was the safest thing, and yet we're putting this on our baby's heads. Be careful what you buy into. It has a, a picture and a beautiful little color on it and like nice little symbols, but it can mean death. Um, let's see. I'm sorry, my stomach is rumbling. I'm hungry. Those, those they look up to will help. Those they look up to will help. We will enlist them to push our poisons. They're pushing puppets. 
um, to people who we look up to, our idols, and these poisons aren't, like I said, just physical poisons, they're mental poisons to desensitize us. In music, the people we look up to are um, idols and, and people that we think are the greats. Um, in music, in industry, in all these things, we look up to them, so they choose them to be the dispensers of these poisons, physical and mental. Um, um, they will see our products being used in film and will grow accustomed to them and will never know their true effect. And back, this, uh, this is covenant was made uh, quite a few years ago and film was being, first being introduced um, as black and white film. And yet you can see all throughout the history of film and entertainment these symbols and uh, even smoking, we'll bring that one into it, that was introduced into film and that is a huge reason why people wanted to do it because the movie stars were doing it, right? You know, look how cool you could be. Um, and just that alone, the impact of film in the media now, the media and social media, the industry has pushed beyond. Uh, it like literally if someone does something like if kim kardashian were now to say um i drank some arsenic and i'm telling you it was great thousands of people would die of arsenic poison the next day because people will follow the them people like that and blindly it's just it's crazy um Let's see the next. They will see our products being used in film. I said that. When they give birth, we will inject poisons into the blood of their children and convince them it's for their health. Um, immunizations, I'm sorry, but I honestly think that um, we're, we're using, they're using that to infiltrate our, our bodies. And uh, although I've immunized my children because I don't want them to die of malaria, I don't believe that uh, they are giving these immunizations as a help. I think that there is some ulterior motive in immunizations. I might be wrong, but um, it says it right here to when they give birth, we will inject poisons into the blood of their children and convince them it's for their help. Um, it says we will start early on when their minds are young. We will target their children with what children love most, sweet things, candy, hello, candy, children love candy. And what does it do? It destroys their teeth. Um, it, it also, these sweets and these sugars and these red dyes are causing children to be hyperactive. ADHD is so rampant right now. And like, why? Because of sugars and sweets and uh, it it just lines up it lines up how how can people not see it um so then let's see the next is uh they will see our products being used in film i said that sorry um when their teeth decay we will fill them with metals that will kill their mind and steal their future uh that's what they do when you get holes in your teeth they fill it with metal so that's pretty, I mean, explanatory there. And the soft metals do destroy the mind. Um, when their ability to learn has been affected, we will create medicine that will make them sicker and cause other diseases for which we will create yet more medicine. Here we are with the um, 
the technology and the advances in medicine that we have and for every medicine there's side effects that are terror terrible that we have to create more medicines for that create i mean isn't it kind of scary that every commercial that you see that's for medicine at the end like it talks really fast about the side effects and gives you these beautiful images to watch while you're listening so you just kind of don't pay attention to it but if you did pay attention to it, it was like sudden death possible sudden death suicidal uh, it could be suicidal um heart attack uh, please don't take this if you're taking moi inhibitors because the risk of death blah blah, blah. like like come on this is just for a headache you're trying to sell me a, a medicine for headache or even just for my allergies and yet you're telling me that the side effects would be sudden death like that that just scares the crap out of me and it's being sold at the pharmaceutical company is running the masses in every way um so thought that would be some stuff i mean i guess like there's more and i will get um into the next parts um this was just some of it but I wanted you guys to see where I'm coming from. This is where my eyes were open. This is my blue pill. This is where I was like, there is a matrix. Like, this is real. Um, and proverbial speaking, of course, I don't believe the movie is factual, but it's parallel. And you you just have to see all the, the parallels to it. And the more I watch the movie, the more I find parallels, the more I find things in life that are parallel to that movie. So it's like one of my all-time favorite movies of exposing the truth um and it's funny because some people either love that movie or hate that movie and the people who hate the movie are the ones that are more likely to not accept the truth and the people who love the movie are more inclined to find the answers i've just found that interesting so do with that information what you will believe it or not uh, research it find the rest of the covenant if you want to continue reading i'm going to actually um go into the next part of the covenant with you guys in the next episode but um i only have a few more minutes to talk so i just wanted to give you guys kind of a background and give you guys a understanding of why i came to the point of um starting to question everything around me how i opened my eyes and how i began this journey of figuring out and finding and seeking answers and not believing everything that i'm being told and becoming a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist although I would consider myself a conspiracy truthist if that's a thing because um, I don't believe theories I find truth and believe in the facts and I uh, keep theories kind of at a distance as to okay this could be true puzzles fit pieces fit but um, I have to find truth to believe it so I believe only the truth and only the truth will set you free so thank you so much for listening. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe. I know I don't have much content now. I will in the coming weeks. I'm continuing to um, build this a lot more and concentrate on a lot more. I feel like I've built up my other um, podcast enough right now to concentrate on this one. The other one is called Breadcrumbs, if you want to listen to it. Um, it's not going to talk about conspiracies. I might like talk slightly about it but i never get into a conspiracy on that channel it's just for spreading love light and positivity that's it that's my purpose helping people change their minds um and i believe that's the key to getting them to open their minds is at least to um to open their minds to positivity and that leads to the truth 
Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. If you like what you heard, if you have any questions, um, contact me on the Anchor app. I'd love to hear any questions that you have. And I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye.